We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan and Jed. Thanks for being here today. As as to you, yeah. And as always, thank you to everyone who joins in and watches and shares and all the interacts with us in different ways. It's always great to hear back from all of you. For today, a little different take on some things, a little history, a little different things mixed in. Sure, whatever. Yeah, but to start with. I guess we should start with the basic question of Dan. What is a creed? Well, a creed is simply a statement of faith. Okay. And it, it is simply a statement of what you believe. Um, in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with creeds if we realize that that's all they are is a statement of personal belief. Okay. Um, let's look. Give some examples first of all of some. Yeah. Oh, let me let me get this telephone. No. <laughs> Is it somebody with your car insurance or warranty or whatever and happens yeah. to be calling today? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's begin by looking at some biblical creeds. Sure. Uh, first, let's go to Mark chapter nine, verse twenty-four, which we wouldn't uh -huh. usually think of as a creed. Mark chapter 9, verse 24 says, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. All right, here's this father who has this demon-possessed son, and this uh, demon-tormented uh, son has been throwing himself in the water and in the fire and everything, mm -hmm. and he wants Jesus to cast the demon out of his son and he says if you can you know please help me and jesus says what do you mean if you can't you know yeah and in desperation the guy says lord i believe well in, if you were to do that in latin that would be something like domini credo you know hmm. i i believe is credo now we use the word creed today but we also use the word credible right it comes from credo, credible. Okay. Um, we use the word incredible, which means unbelievable. Right. Um, it's too amazing for belief or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, and so we use the word in different ways all the time. Um, so boiling it down, the word creed or credo itself is just a believe or belief. Right. Okay. So then, a so this guy in Mark was just simply saying, "I believe in you, Lord. I believe you can do this, but I've got my doubts." Right. So help me. Okay. So that's one. Look at uh, John, mm -hmm. chapter eleven. John eleven, verse twenty-five through twenty-seven. Okay. Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live." And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. All right, so there is a creed. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who is coming into the world. That's a creed. Hmm. That is Martha's statement of faith in that okay. particular case. Yeah. Now, it it is simply what she believed at the moment, and it wasn't complete. It was more complete after she saw Jesus raise her brother Lazarus, but right, it was her yeah. statement of faith. Um, sometimes creeds were used to separate faithful doctrinal teaching from mm. false doctrine. Okay. So maybe before we jump to that, when these people are making a statement of belief, does it become a creed when they say it more than once? Or is no, it, it just... No, it, it is a creed. It, a creed, by definition, is a statement of belief. Okay. So just simply statement is a credo, is a creed of statement. Yeah, I believe okay. whatever you want to fill in the blank with, that okay. is a creed. So then we move to now what you were heading towards, this idea of people would start to use it as a... Separating no. piece? Mm, no, I'm I'm still in Scripture here. Oh, okay. I want to go to so, 1 John. So these appear in Scripture? Absolutely. Ah, okay. 1 John, and in 1 John, we have a group of people that John is uh, trying to counteract, and he calls them liars, deceivers, mm -hmm. antichrists, and false prophets. Right. And... In trying to distinguish them from people who are God's children and, and believing and teaching the right things, mm -hmm. in chapter 4, verse 15, he says, He says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God to know and to believe... Wait a minute. Sorry. Jump to verses. Start again. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. All right, so the confession or creed would mm -hmm. be, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. See? Okay. And then... Um, so it was a, if you could state that, you were a true believer in Jesus yeah, Christ. or chapter 5, verse 1, everyone who believes, or credo, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus is the Christ... So there you have it again. If you go back to chapter 4, verse uh, 2 and 3. Mm -hmm. It says, By this you would know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not conf confess Jesus is not from God, that is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. All right, so these creeds, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. See, mm -hmm. that's another creed. Yeah. But it is separating people who acknowledge that from people who do not acknowledge that. And, uh, you know, there have been many in history that did not acknowledge that. For example, uh, you know, Arius of Alexandria mm -hmm. in the 4th century said there was when Christ was not. Right. So, you know, he did not believe... Uh, John 1 14 that the Logos became flesh and lived for a while among us yeah he believed he was like first among the creation sort of idea yeah, yeah. yeah. so he would not 
confess these things, which John said you must confess if you're one of God's children. So even in Scripture, scriptural creeds, that is, mm-hmm. creeds that come out of the pages of Scripture directly, yeah. um, were used to separate teachers of truth from teachers of heresy. So would we compare them to maybe a modern statement of faith? Like you'll hear people say, yeah, absolutely. You know, make a statement of your faith, or could you sum up you know, what you believe? And that's the same idea. We're just not calling it a creed we could, we could compare it in this way only, and I'll try to illustrate. Okay. I believe that the Word became flesh and lived among us, John 1, 14. Mm-hmm. See, all I'm doing is I'm repeating the words of Scripture and saying, I believe. I believe that all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Mm -hmm. But see, all I'm doing is repeating the inspired words Mm -hmm. of Scripture. Yeah. So I could do that. You know, I believe that Christ will come again, Uh, Acts 1, 9 through 11. I believe that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised from the dead the third day, according to the scriptures, mm. that he appeared unto Cephas and then to the twelve, etc. Right. But I'm quoting directly out of 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah. So in doing that, I'm affirming that I believe the words of scripture. Yeah. I am not adding my own mm. ideas and yeah. my own words and saying I believe and making those things separations between truth teachers and heretics. Mm. I'm simply repeating the words of Scripture and saying I believe those words of Scripture. So those are valid creeds. Okay. What about if you are, like, let's say you were tasked with sum up your faith in 20 words or less sort of thing, and you chose to combine a couple of those verses and summarize. Yeah, as long as it was, I believe, what the Bible says, then there's yeah. there's no problem, and that is the standard that we have is inspired Scripture. However, this has been a discussion I've had with a number of people out there that might be listening, but I have like three categories of things that are involved in, in biblical discussions with people. Mm-hmm. The first category is things that I know because the Bible says it right. flat out, sure, clearly. Uh, and I would say I believe those things, hmm. okay? The second category of things that I discuss in scriptural discussions is things that I think are true, okay, but I can't prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. using Scripture. I think it is. I think it's implied in Scripture, but yeah. I can't prove it. It's so I those... would never say... I would never use that category of things as a separation of fellowship with anybody. Mm-hmm. The third category is questions people may have, and I simply say, I don't know. The Bible doesn't speak on that. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak with any confidence about yeah. what I believe in that because the Bible doesn't say. So the second category is kind of in videos where we've said there seems to be some passages that will inform this decision but do not directly address it. 
And then the third would be like, we don't really have much of anything. We can right. make our best cho- best guesses. Right. But. So if you're going to say, I believe something, if you're going to be scriptural about it, you should stick with the words of scripture, what the scripture actually says. Okay. Now, uh, so now we get into, uh, on this part, I yeah. want to add in, you know, we have some ancient manuscripts of the, of the New Testament, and uh, the first manuscript... Uh, of the Greek New Testament that actually includes the confession of the eunuch in Acts 8 mm-hmm. is Codex capital L or Laudianus, and uh, it uses this word. It's a bilingual manuscript. Um, it has Latin on the left-hand side and Greek on the right-hand side, and Jed will do something with this and put it up on the screen for y'all. <laughs> but on the left-hand side... Uh, the eunuch says, Credo in Christeum Filium Dei, I believe in mm-hmm. Christ, Son of God. Yeah. And so there you have a creed. Yeah. See? But it's, it's, he's simply responding to the gospel that's been preached to him by right. Philip. Okay. Right. So, uh, that illustrates all these other places that we've been using in Scripture where somebody says, I believe such and such. Okay. And so I guess before we move into maybe what happens with some of those things later on, was there examples of writings of the early church where they would use those statements like in a call and response manner or anything like that? Were they built into the songs they sang or the prayers they said? Or do we just assume that that was part of the as reading time of the goes on. By the time you get down further in, especially when you get into the fourth century and later, mm. you begin to see those types of things. Okay, and uh, one of the places that comes out in early Christian history is uh, even the words that were spoken at baptisms became much more long and involved and and wrote. Okay. And uh, some of the creeds were applied there. Later on, they repeated them, as you said, uh, in in church services after several centuries passed by. But uh, in Justin Martyr, uh, Apology 1, which we quote a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, he says that he's talking about the Lord's Supper, and he says, you know, those who are admitted to the Lord's Supper are those who, who believe that the things that we teach are true and having confessed these things, they were baptized or they were born again in the water, rock, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And so he's referring to Scripture. He's referring yeah. to they assent to the teachings of Scripture yeah. and then they're baptized. But later on, the pre-baptismal confessions even contained the words of creeds mm. to separate people who had disputes in the church. Right. You know, Because like we were saying, there eventually were disputes over... How much of God was Jesus, yeah. you know, and all these other things. So you have, I think, a copy here of the, yeah. of the Nicene Creed. Yeah, I've got the Apostles' Creed on one side and the Nicene on the other. Which one well, do you want to use? Let's do the Nicene Creed because that's right. probably the one that, that is the the older one. And it okay. uh, it comes from 325 A.D., the Council mm-hmm. of Nicaea, which resulted because of the conflict between Arius of Alexandria and Athanasius of Alexandria over the nature of Christ. Okay. So read it for us here. So we'll take it uh, piece by piece. 
uh, first line is, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible. How are we doing so far? Well, okay, except the one God is more than the Father, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and in the one and in the one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, the only begotten, that is, of the essence of the Father, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Mm -hmm. That got real heady real fast. Yeah, and it's getting into the nature of uh, Christ. Uh, of one substance with the Father, and most of that can be substantiated in Scripture. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, um, uh, whom he appointed heir of all things, who being the uh, brightness of his glory, the exact representation of his uh, substance, mm. upholding all things by the word of his power. So some of those things are coming out of Scripture. Yeah. I, you but can, he's put, they're putting them in different words. Yeah, you can feel that there was some discussions and they were trying to separate, like you were saying, separate out all the different factions and yep. clarify. And then go on to so, the next paragraph talking about Christ. Yeah, the next one says, By whom all things were made, both in heaven and on earth. Okay, that's just a scriptural statement. Yep. Who for us men and for our salvation came down and was incarnate and was made man. Mm-hmm. He suffered, and on the third day rose again, ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, mm -hmm. and in the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't say much more about the Holy Spirit. It doesn't huh? say much about the Holy Spirit, not in this version of it. At because, least. because at that time the controversy was over Christ. And you'll right. see that you have, actually you have two lines about the Father, and you have one line <laughs> about the Holy Spirit, and the whole body of the thing is about the the controversy over the nature of right. Christ. So this was less a full statement of the totality of faith, and it was more about, here's what we believe about Jesus. Yes, and most, if not all of what's written there, we would agree with because of the teachings of Scripture. However, it is a separate document yeah. with added words, and it would not be right to press that document as a as a um, separator of truth and heresy, we should stick with what Scripture actually says. Yeah. So it's that. they're trying to, to clarify and clarify and a lot of things. Yeah. So in and of itself, like most people, like I remember growing up, if you said anything about creeds, it was like they are evil incarnate. Yeah. Like, that, burn that, I shouldn't have even printed it off the thing sort of yes. idea. In and of itself is something that's trying to clarify and condense beliefs a bad thing. No, but oftentimes people draw lines over those things. Uh, this, this happens today even within the churches of Christ where you have people who uh, publish documents that... that share their own convictions about certain things. Hmm. For example, uh, there is um, a popular discussion in the church today about the nature of uh, life in the end times. Uh, hmm. uh, 
you know, Always where we topic. will be, you know, what that place will be like, what is this place that we might call the New Jerusalem, the Holy City, uh, where will that place actually be, what will the nature of that place be? Mm-hmm. And there are many biblical statements, but people have different ideas about what some of those biblical statements mean. Yeah. And so people express their beliefs, and then they, some people try to divide people over that. Well, mm. I think that's wrong. I think they need to stick with what the Bible says. The Bible says this, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. Yeah. The Bible doesn't answer this question or this question or this question. And some people require you to think one way or another in order to have mm. fellowship with you, which I think is going beyond the things that yeah. are written as 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Let's read 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Okay. Because that was a divided church, and this was one of the reasons why they were yeah. divided. Hang on. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one another against another. Now read that last part, that none of you... That none of you... uh, That none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. All right, so exactly that is happening all over the place today Mm. and even within the Lord's Church because... People are not satisfied to just leave it with yeah. what the Bible actually says. Yeah. They go beyond the things that are written yeah. and and give their own conclusions and say, you must agree with me on how I look at these things, mm. see? So, so it's not wrong for them to create this statement of their beliefs and faith, no. but then to use it as the dividing line between and yes. say, hey, you can't be in our congregation or you can't preach in our pulpit or whatever. Right. If you if you use only the words of scripture then you're on solid ground. If you go beyond those and you're arguing over things that go beyond those, let's give some other examples so this mm. isn't a waste of everybody's time out there. Yeah. So, so then so I believe X about dancing. Yeah. Okay, well you may have some strong beliefs one way or another, but <laughs> stick with what the Bible says about it. And you, you can and, you can two step, but you can't foxtrot. Yeah, or or, or you <laughs> can yeah whatever. Yeah, you know, or or any dance anywhere is wrong. You know, you're, right? But stick with what the Bible says. I believe such and such about public swimming. I believe such and such mm-hmm. about whatever else you want to put in the in yeah. the thing. But there are biblical principles you can preach. The Bible says A, B, C, and then leave people to make yeah. their decisions about those things. And a lot of those things tend to go beyond what we would call the core of the thing. You know. Yeah, but they, they simply go beyond the things that are written, like this passage. Well, says. sure. But I'm saying it's we tend to write some of those extensions because we're trying to figure out lots of things that the Bible really doesn't talk much about, if at all. Right. Versus... You know, even like the Apostle or the the Nicene Creed, they were really trying to figure out who is Jesus. Like, yes, they were like, if we're going to argue about something, let's argue about something that deeply matters right here. Right. So, but, but over the years, you have seen division after division after division. Oh yeah. Over human creeds that expand in one way or another. Right. On what the Bible says. Yeah. So if we leave those out as far as the dividing line between fellowship and not, mm-hmm. we're well served. It's nothing wrong to look at them and think about them and see if 
if they're good statements of what the Bible says, but to use them as our dividing lines, we've set up another standard of authority. So we've kind of worked through that element. I want to throw us into a slightly different train of thought. Okay. Okay. So we're really clear on we should stick with what's in the Bible, you know, and use those as the I believe statements of quote scripture. Boom. All right. So then when we move into the time of worship where we do a lot of our singing, mm -hmm. those are not going to be direct scripture. Some songs are, but a lot of times they get into this, we're summing up of our, our beliefs. And we tend to say those to each other over and over far more than we actually out loud read scripture to one another. So in essence, do a lot of our songs become the creeds or the statements of faith, maybe not in the, hey, I'm going to separate fellowship from one another, but there are way of sharing what we believe with one another. Absolutely. In fact, um, several years back, I wrote an article about exactly what you're talking about. Ah, I have not read this article. That was and not a setup question. <laughs> it, it's uh, Maybe we can post it for the people, but it's, yeah. it's uh, talking about uh, the theology of our singing and how that influences um, Christian faith. Uh, you and I have had many conversations mm -hmm. about songs and uh, lines of songs that are that are really not scriptural. And so when we sing songs, we don't include those yeah. lines. Uh, but yes, what you're saying is very true that the repeated singing of songs ingrains things in people's minds and People need to check songs against Scripture, which hopefully we do. Many people may not, but we should do, and make sure that what we are singing mm -hmm. is scriptural. And uh, so, you know, we're supposed to teach and admonish one another with songs, hymns, and spirit psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah, Colossians three sixteen. And so, in doing that, you know, singing the psalms, you're singing. The Bible itself, yeah. singing hymns, some hymns are preserved in the Bible and some hymns are written by men, and uh, it's okay to sing them as long as what they're saying is true, Yeah. but always remember that the words of a song that some man mm -hmm. wrote are not authoritative like right. Scripture is. And I, I bring that up for one, and I'll give one specific example, because some of you may be going, what exactly does that sound like? What does it mean? Whatever. But it's, you know, you may have heard of the Apostles' Creed, and there's a lot of songs that are written using the words of the Apostles' Creed, and people really get upset when they find out that it's based on the Apostles' Creed, and they go, we can't sing that, because that's a creed. But then there's another song that they're just as willing to sing, you know, and they want to sing it almost every Sunday, and I go, you realize that is your creed well so for example there there's an there? old there's an old uh i don't know who wrote it but i believe in the one they call mm -hmm. jesus Sounds i believe like a creed. he's still storm galilee uh -huh. well credo, i believe credo, in the word yeah i believe in the words of the bible yeah, and i believe see, that he's the answer for me yeah, yeah and there's nothing wrong with it it's yeah. just it is a creed yeah and it is talking about believing biblical things yeah but you measure that against scripture because yeah. you could use that same tune and that same lyric and you could add other things in there that scripture may disagree with so you have to be careful yeah, yeah. so anyway this just when you read words like 
And again, if I wasn't to tell people what it was... That's the Apostles' Creed you're the, about to read to the us? The Apostles' Creed, yeah. All right. Just if I was to read a few lines By out of it. By the way, it doesn't come from the Apostles, but go ahead. True. It's just a name for it. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, His Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, buried, descended to hell, on the third day rose again to the dead, and He descended and ascended into heaven, and He seated at the right hand of the God, the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. Well, so, certainly He didn't descend into hell, so there you got one problem already. So, yeah, so again, not perfect, but, but a lot of it's okay. Yeah, the majority of it, you know, most of the time if you took different pieces like that, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's perfectly fine. But the minute you say, oh, now that came from a creed, but did it come from a creed or did it come from Scripture? I think that's what we keep going back to. Is you didn't where's read the that basis? last paragraph either, but no. okay. No, the last paragraph says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, not meaning Catholic Church, but unified church. Um, and then the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, I think the what I'm hearing is that we shouldn't be afraid of the word creed or the concept of creeds. We all have creeds. The Bible is filled with creeds when people say, I believe something. Hmm. But the basis should be from... It, it should... What we believe, what we're confident of, what mm -hmm. we trust in should be the words of Scripture yeah. that are revealed and inspired by God. When we go beyond the things that are written in forming creeds, when we use those things where we go beyond the things that are written to divide people, then we sin. That's wrong. So we can learn from them maybe kind of clarify our own thoughts with them. But Check they, them against Scripture. But we should be checking against Scripture and basing anything that we would then start to say only off of Scripture. That's exactly right. Okay. So creeds exist. Creeds are real. <laughs> creeds are not evil. But they could be. They could. The word in and of themselves. Yeah, they the are idea not. of I believe something. Yes. Or we believe something. But yeah. just because someone wrote a creed does not now make it gospel. Right, exactly. There we go. All right. <laughs> Work our way through all those things. So anyway, I um, hope this was uh, encouraging, helpful, maybe thought-provoking to you out there. I thought Dan was about to get up and say something else. What do you believe? What do you know? That's what yeah. you can read in Scripture. What do you think? Because you've reached these conclusions, but you can't prove it by Scripture. Be honest enough to tell people that mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of acting like it's a done deal. Yeah. And then what do you not know anything about because the Bible doesn't say anything about? Be honest about that, too. And that's all I've got to say about that. Thanks for being with us this week. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.